Hello, and welcome to another episode of Star Spangled Eurovision. My name is Max, and I am here with my lovely co-hosts, Alex and Bart. Hello. Hello. And today we are here with four more songs for you guys. Um, by the time you hear this, all of the songs will have been released. We'll know exactly who's going to Eurovision and with what songs, but we will get to those eventually. But today we're going to be talking about the entries from Slovenia, Belgium, Romania, and the Netherlands. So why don't we jump right in? Uh, our first track is from Slovenia, and we have Anna Soklic, who is returning from last year, this time with the song Amen. Let's take a listen. Listen to it all the way through on Spotify, so I have no idea. That sounds <laughs> like I feel like I don't need to say much more about it than that. It's pretty bored out of my fucking mind. I might use this song later when I have to fall asleep. <laughs> I just there's nothing here that sticks with me, right? Like I literally just do not remember what it sounds like. Like the, her voice is great, but she's just like there singing and making movements that aren't even like that compelling and just I this does literally nothing for me like I can't even like hate it because there's just nothing going on as far as I'm concerned I feel like the only thing that I remember is her just constantly saying hey child and then trying to think in my head how many times has a Eurovision artist said like child instead of hey you or girl you know it's like specifically refer for like calling out children i'm like i feel like i've only heard that in eurovision songs <laughs> i just want like something else like anything else and like and now all i'll think about with this song is when they teased it and was like super high energy and we were all like oh my god like they're gonna send a bop and then they sent this shit and everyone was like what <laughs> why would you get our hopes up <laughs> Bring back Diablo. <laughs> None that of this was like the yet. most disappointing part of the whole thing, though. Like, we were all expecting this like Balkan banger to come through, and here we were with just this gospel. Was it just church music? I don't, I don't know what this is. Like, I mean, if I were in church and this came on, like, I'm sure I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Especially if the church is filled with, like, fire and good staging. Yeah. yeah. Just, why are we still talking about it? Next. What's the next song? <laughs> Belongs to the mega church. Next. <laughs> no, thank you. Next. Um, all right. So next up, let's talk about Belgium. Hoover Phonic are returning to represent Belgium, but this time with the song The Wrong Place. Let's see if we like it better than last year. I took you to my 
like whose whole attitude is like too cool for Eurovision they really came back with a song that seems like they tried which I'm happy about like my first thought is that it kind of sounds a little bit like metric or like one of my favorite bands so I'm not mad about that so I think I just like this song it's very like you know trip hoppy Canadian indie from the 2000s kind of kind of vibe which is a sound that I associate more with the things I just like listen to in my personal time and not Eurovision. So I don't know how this will do in the contest, but it is something I would just like listen to on its own, which I guess is a good sign. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was a little confused by the music video, like, but I guess Bart elaborated that she killed him because he wasn't good in bed, which is like such a such a feminist anthem for <laughs> twenty twenty one, I guess. I don't know. Um, no, I like the song too. I, I I wasn't wild about last year's entry. This one, I agree with you, Max. It's it's a good song. Like, I don't know if I would have seen it in Eurovision before now, but I think that I would have liked it even outside. It reminds me a little bit of the Cardigans, which is a band that I like a lot. Yeah, I think, again, we're all kind of on the same page. Like, I do feel like... I feel like it's at least different, and I respect them for that. And they does feel like they tried more than last year when it was like just pretty boring and indie in a like too like we're too good for Eurovision, so we don't care enough to try. This one is kind of like they did make it work. I mean, it still kind of feels like a song that should be longer than three minutes, um, but like it works in the allotted time. But yeah, I feel like at the end of the day, I'm kind of like I could see this sneaking in and getting like a point or two for me because it grows on me, and I just like keep listening to it over time. Or I can see myself kind of being like it gets totally swallowed on the Eurovision stage, and like I've grown to really love some of the other like more upbeat or just like more kind of Eurovision friendly songs. Um, so I feel like they tried, but like still maybe didn't try quite hard enough. But I do think it's a nice song. The greatest part compliment. They may get one or two points from me eventually. <laughs> it's a tough competition. I have high standards. I mean, I think you're right in that, like, in this kind of year of, like, really upbeat, like, bangers where there's, just, like, a lot of them, this either stands out a lot or it gets entirely lost. So I'm curious how this will do. I don't, like, I don't, this is obviously not, like, a Eurovision winner by any stretch of the imagination, but... I kind of appreciate that it's in here, providing some kind of musical diversity to the contest. And like, yeah, I think it's just it's just like a pleasant song. Definitely better than last year. Like last year's song just kind of like went nowhere and just was really boring to me, just like as a composition. But this one has more of like a vibe and just a better written song, I think. I mean, that's all I have to say, I guess. Yeah, I feel like my vibe is, like, when it comes on my Eurovision playlist shuffle, I'm like, oh, I like this enough to listen to it, but I'm not, like, dancing down 14th Street in D.C. I'm just kind of like, okay, this is here. (laughs) 
it's not as bad as the first song we listened to, but I feel like we could get a little higher energy today. Yeah. I forget what's next. You though. might still skip it once in a while. Yeah. I hate to disappoint you because the next one is Roxon from Romania with her track this year, which is called Amnesia. Um, and she is returning. So let's see how this compares to Alcohol You, which was truly iconic. just said that this was a year of bops and then we've had nothing but like chill songs in this episode so far um but yeah that said i i don't hate this and i don't like i comparing it to what we just heard from anna Soklich, like it doesn't give me like nothing like anna Soklich did but this is also kind of forgettable for me like it's a nice song when it comes on i'm just like oh yeah okay and I can remember what it sounds like, but it's just such like a middling song. It doesn't really go anywhere. Like, it's just fine. And I don't know. I just don't really have like strong opinions on it, but it does kind of make me think about, or reminds, reminds me of like just this thought I've been having that's kind of unique to this Eurovision year because we have so many returning artists. Like you get a lot of, you know, you get a second song from a lot of these artists, but Roxon, like between this and Alcohol You, I don't really get like a musical identity from her. Like I don't know who she is as an artist. And I think that will probably apply to a bunch of the artists from this year, but there's some that you definitely get an idea of who they are, but Roxon just isn't one of them. And like I've heard some other songs where it's like they're all kind of just like moody pop tracks, but there's no like thread through them. Like I don't see much of her in this or anything that we've really heard from her yeah i mean i thought that alcohol you was just bad <laughs> like iconic but bad so i feel like there was like there was mostly just place to go space to go up for her i feel like my issue with this track is i feel like it's a little strange so i feel like the discourse is either like huge disappointment from alcohol you or like i love it and it should like be in the top five which like i don't understand because i don't have that strong of opinion on it either i think it's perfectly nice but i think that like which is funny because i listened to it before and even listening to it now i feel like it has that bridge when it kind of starts to bring in like a techno beat and like almost like it's going to take it up to like a higher bpm or something for that last um chorus and then whenever I hit that point, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. It's like going to get exciting. And then it's just the same old fucking chorus from the beginning of the song afterwards. And I was like, why? Like, and I feel like it needed something like that. Like, I know I feel like key changes are overdone and like 
you know, like those kind of tempo changes can feel gimmicky, but like they do, especially when you only have three minutes of a song, it does make it just more interesting and stand out more and catchy. And this one just kind of like stays very one note throughout. And therefore like, it doesn't kind of have that same like factor to me where I'm like, Oh, I really need to go listen to like this part again. Or like, you know, it's really stuck in my head. Like it feels so much longer than three minutes because it doesn't go anywhere. Just kind of the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think maybe it repeats the chorus a little too much too. Like I, I feel like the chorus is right, but I honestly can't even rem- remember what the verses sound like at this point. Um, no, I mean I, I agree with you guys. I really I don't have much to add. I think you all got it. But like, doesn't she? She looks a little bit like her in my mind visually. But that's my input that I'm giving to this particular <laughs> mix of Carly Rae Jepsen and Billie Eilish. Yeah, actually, that's very fair. I mean, she just looks like a a teen, like a cool teen. But because she has, like, a cool look, I expect cooler music from her. And I think that's part of my disappointment. A teen, maybe, but definitely has that Billie Eilish. I was definitely homeschooled. (laughs) Yeah, I think just, I'll call you, like, whether you liked it more or less than this song, like, it still caught you because that lyric was so weird. Right, and this just doesn't have like a hook to me, which I guess is like yeah, the main. I, mean, I like the the hook of I'll go, like I'll call you or whatnot because it's Romania, and you know they always release something with broken English, and just the attempted wordplay I just thought was like so sweet. Like I like would it have worked in the U.S.? We would have been like that's way too much of a stretch, but like they went for it and they tried. And because, like, America, like, I'm oh, sorry, English is not their native language, I, like, accepted it. And I was like, oh, that's really cute. I like that. This, I mean, I think it's cute. I think it's kind of like a traditional song, too, that I can imagine hearing on the radio. But it's just, like, not one of my, like, oh, I'm going to save this on all my playlists and listen to it beyond this Eurovision season. So you just enjoyed making fun of them for their broken English last year? No, not making fun of them. No, not at all. Like, like, I'm trying to say I enjoyed it. Like, they got away with it. Like, I thought it was a good song because I was like, oh, like, you took the risk and, like, it worked. But had it been, like, an American saying it with, like, an American accent, I would have been like, oh, it does not work, girl. Like, I literally bought my former roommate a birthday present that was, like, it was, like, a shot not a shot glass like a like a uh, a tumbler with the words alcohol you later on it <laughs> so broken english i don't know i feel like it's like a commonly used pun that they tried to incorporate okay well i only like it when romanians do it how about that <laughs> <laughs> all right on that note let's move on to our final song of the evening we have the host country the netherlands who's once again sending Jean-Gu McCroy with the song Birth of a New Age. Let's take a listen. We are the fruit adorning the legacy of every forgotten revolutionary born in resilience, proud like a lion. We are the birth of a new age. You
I'm probably going to give it, like, a lot of points. And for a number of reasons, like, I think, number one, as someone who um, is a person of color who grew up in Europe, like, this kind of music, like, you see a lot of, like, Afrofusion, but, like, you don't see this kind of pride in talking about, you know, the experience of being not like native or not feeling you know like native or in like the history of your country and i just i really love this song the symbolism is like incredibly strong but i'm also or like very literate like like literal but um <laughs> it works like i find myself singing it and i'm like well alex like that's really aggressive <laughs> to be singing on your lunch break but still it's so beautiful and he's just I mean, he's like the Beyonce of the Netherlands male edition. Like, it really does remind me of Black is King, but it's like the Black is King European edition. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, it's super powerful. I I also get the, like, Black is King vibes. Like, I got really emotional watching the video because I was just like, oh, my God, he's, like, reconnecting with his roots and, like, bringing truths of power and, like, ugh. <laughs> one of my favorite things about this just I mean the song I love but the the difference of the reaction between like American Euro fans and European Euro fans was just like Americans were all like oh my god it's so powerful like so much soul like black excellence yes and then Europeans are like nah it's cute or at worst they were like oh it sounds like he's saying broccoli like Maybe just because, like, we as Americans have been just, like, exposed to this exact kind of, like, genre and, like, there's been this whole trend of Black artists in America, you know, going, you know, what Beyonce did for Black is King and uh, just all the all the art coming up and around Black Lives Matter. Like, we recognize this for what it is, whereas, like, maybe Europeans don't have the same context for it, even though, like, Jean Gu is European, you know, he grew up in, in the Netherlands, even though he's uh, of Surinamese origin, like, I don't feel like it's that much of a stretch, <laughs> but we all know Europe has a problem recognizing its colonial past, so I'll just leave it there. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm in agreement that, like, we all just really love this song that I feel like doesn't even carry as much weight anymore, um, and I think that, like, this carries carries much weight because we're all American, as Max said, and I feel like, honestly, the reaction to it has been really interesting. I feel like my, what's been interesting for me to think about is kind of, like, I think listening to this, my first reaction was just, like, oh, like, too good for Eurovision. Like, honestly, just, like, a really well-done song, like, well-produced, like, really meaningful, like, like, is this gonna be performed like right after sugar like like it's just gonna be like really awkward like what do you put before it? what do you put after it and I was just wondering because at first I was kind of like it's a shame that like the Netherlands like won because I feel like if they hadn't just won like this would be a big contender like to be a winner in my mind like a, the European reaction being less strong I guess has kind of killed that off but like I feel like this should be a winner and will definitely be in my top songs but then like I was literally saying that last year <laughs> yeah but then I was but I was also kind of like like I wonder if like if especially looking at the Netherlands that has had like 
within the past five years, like pretty questionable black exploitation in like some of their songs in a way that was like not comfortable. I wonder if like because they'd already won and weren't like shooting to win again meant that they were willing to like take a risk on like a like a on like a black artist or someone like with that message. And if that's the case, then like I'm happy that like this got sent and they were willing to do something that like wasn't as like radio friendly or like European friendly. Like I think this would fit in in the American radio, but apparently people aren't as sold on it. But I'm just very happy that it's being sent because I feel like it is like a very yeah, it's a, like it's just a really good song to have in Eurovision. It's different from everything else. It's really beautiful. It is really powerful. I think that's like the one thing that we can appreciate about just Dutch entries in general is like like they try to push. I don't think that they're necessarily like trying to push black exploitation boundaries, but they're trying to push the boundaries of kind of the traditional what's expected of them to bring to Eurovision, and they've been doing that for like quite some time. And this is just kind of. Well, I mean, we, like, expecting country, like, they did it a couple of times, but it's still not something that you, like, unless you listen to Eurovision, you're not like, oh, yeah, the Netherlands, it's like the Texas of Europe, like, those kinds of things, right? So they have been, like, trying to bring stuff that'll get a reaction, um, and that is a little bit different, and I feel like this song, and also the one last year, it's just it's entering this phase of, like, an R&B popness, that isn't really represented. You get a lot of sugary pop. You get a lot of that that techno funkadelic pop, but you don't get a lot of this reggaeton R and B style, which they're entering into now. And if that's like the fusion that they want to bring instead of like country, then I'm a thousand percent for that. Yeah. No, I would say like the country was one thing, take it or leave it. But I think like actually centering black artists as opposed to having like a white country singer and four like black dancers, like doing like break dancing behind him. I was like, that's like a really rough look. And I'm literally past that. No, I I totally agree with you. um, Well, both of you. Just like it, it really, I think the reason we get a song like this is because the Netherlands is not only hosting, but kind of hosting the second time. You know, like last year, you know, they took it. I think they took almost a risk with Jean-Gu in the sense that like Grow was not like previous Dutch entries that we got. I think they were like rolling on that sort of wave that started with Arcade of just like really like emotional personal songs that were like and Grow is really beautiful. Um, I think we all really agreed that that was an incredible song. But just the fact that they're sending Jean-Gu again, they're hosting kind of again, like they can take the risk. They can let Jean-Gu do whatever it is that he wants to do. Like they don't have to worry about like winning or, you know, whatever. And I'm just I'm really excited that a song like this gets to be in the Eurovision final. Like it's going to be broadcast to like 200 million people like all over Europe. People are going to hopefully get you know this message of him being like one very proud of his roots but also like the lyrics are super like dark and political like you know really exploring the effects of colonialism um and talking about like sort of the experience of essentially being black in europe um like it's it's incredible like and it's been a while since i think we've had like a, a song this powerful at Eurovision. Like my last, 
my first thought is like comparing it a little bit to Jamala's track, you know, who's like really bringing sort of the the uh, the past of the Crimean Tatars to sort of the Eurovision stage. Um, this is very much in that tradition. Also, uh, Hungary, right? When they, uh, I forgot his name, the Roma. Yeah, see, uh, bye, yeah. And I think we can we can definitely at some point have like a, a discussion about just like how minorities are in Europe are bringing their their voices to the Eurovision Song Contest and how using it as a platform to to talk about their experiences. Um, I think it's just like a really interesting topic, but it happens like maybe once every two years. <laughs> Yeah, I just, it and I want like, more. It's like a great opportunity to broaden the horizon of the European identity from people that you don't normally hear from, and it's great when like it comes from you know. Now we've had it from Ukraine, we've had it from Hungary, like we're getting it from the Netherlands. It's just like the more and more you see people in other countries, it just it opens up a piece of them, and it and it gives you just a fuller picture of like what. Europe is, I think. Yeah, and also even include Kano in that with the Sami element, you know, bringing yeah. that to your vision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so just an exciting, exciting concept just to hear sort of underrepresented voices on a big platform. And I'm glad, I'm glad Jean-Gu gets to, gets to partake in that tradition with his own, own spin on it. <laughs> like, can you think about a more horrible draw of songs if like, Jendrick came on after this. <laughs> like, like, I have to say sorry. Like, for colonialism? <laughs> okay, anyways, I was just thinking of it. I was like, oh, I, I could, hope that they put it in the right place. <laughs> I, I do want to see who goes before and or after uh, Jean-Gu, because... <laughs> I don't like I'm gonna be I'm gonna watch that performance. I'm probably gonna be like crying. And if it's like like you said, Bart, like sugar or something, like it's just gonna really, really fuck with me. <laughs> Alright. Um, well, thank you so much for listening. Uh we will have four more songs for you in two weeks. Um, and after that we will be uh sharing episodes with you guys weekly up until the contest. So thank you so much for following along on Twitter so far. We've really had a lot of fun engaging with you uh, about the national finals. Um, Even though all of that is over, we still have plenty of content to come. So keep listening. Follow us on Twitter at SSE underscore pod on Instagram at Star Spangled Eurovision. And we will see you next time. But can we just real quick add, like, yes, we're all thinking what you're thinking, too, in San Marino. Like, it's coming. We have thoughts. <laughs> Preview, like, it's coming. That's all you need to say. <laughs> we feel things. It's not coming for weeks, girl. <laughs> no, but, like, we we all know that it's out there, and that's all we're thinking about. So, I'll still have many thoughts. Yeah, I just felt like I had to put it out there. Like, we, too, are still thinking about San Marino. Like, don't <laughs> worry, Al. It's coming. <laughs> well, as of recording, we got Malta. And I'm, Bart and I are definitely excited to discuss this. And I'm sure you are, too, Alex. Yes. But that'll be at the very end because we're doing this in releasing order. But I promise to have a more uh, engaging lineup for you all next week. So, until then, see you guys. Bye, y'all.
Do you want to say bye, Bart, or no? <laughs> I thought I had said my piece. <laughs> bye <laughs> to everyone still listening. <laughs> <laughs>